0: Okay, welcome back to the 180 podcast. I'm your host, Paul, and I'm here with my awesome co-host, Nick. Nick, how are you yeah,
1: doing? I'm doing great, man. Thank you for introducing
0: Great. So uh, in this week's show, we're switching gears a little bit, and we're actually going to be talking to one of our current members uh, of a volunteer group. Um, we, as some of you know, we are a volunteer group here based in Vancouver, and uh, we've been running our group for over 15 years. So uh, a couple of weeks ago, we had our very first president, Kevin Lee, come on the show and tell us a little bit about uh, how we started and some interesting stories about our, our group's growth and what he learned along the way in building a community uh, and becoming a professional. So today we have a very special guest, our current president, uh, 15 years later, um, Ozzy Tran. Ozzy, welcome to the show.
2: Mm. Hello everybody. My name is Ozzy. Nice to meet you great and thank you so much for inviting me to the show
0: yeah of course of course of course so um so Ozzy uh why don't you start by telling the, our audience a little bit about uh, yourself your background and maybe um what your role is in the crew oh uh,
2: thank you Paul um my name's is Ozzy I came to Canada a few years ago and start my um Oh my God! Can you cut this? <laughs> okay, my name's Ozzy. I came to Canada seven years ago. I took interior design at BCIT, and I'm currently working at a um, local business. They're doing a cabinet for condo buildings across BC. And I really enjoyed the the course. <clears throat> so for my volunteer journey, I joined Crew four years ago. Um, at that time I was younger, still in school, still have part-time job. Yeah, and I had my friend, her name, I mean, I had my friend introduced me to the crew. And since then I um, evolved pretty much many activities in the crew, learn and grow a lot, uh, make friends. What else?
0: <laughs> mm. I think this is where you ask questions, Nick.
2: Yeah. So thank you.
1: Thank you, <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you, for the introduction and everything. So, um you know before we dive into what you're you know, currently doing now and everything, I just want to um understand your story. So why did you choose come to Canada, Aussie?
2: Uh, back then when I was nineteen years old and um my ideas about Canada is very simple. It's a North American country, it's a developed country has beautiful nature, and um, people say that it's uh, one of the best countries to live in the world, or the best cities in the world to live. Um, Yeah, that's what attracted me. I think Canada has such a good education. So think, okay, good nature, good environment, Um, or they're also multi-culture country. So it's good for immigrants, good for education, for health, um, yeah, that's that's all good. So I think like, oh Canada, such a good choice. Just do it. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> yeah,
1: think, that's I think that's that's what went through my mind when I you know first heard about Canada and heard that I got a scholarship to study here. Um, you know the same things that you mentioned: multicultural population, uh, beautiful scenery, good health, good education, all those things. So I was really fascinated at the time. Um, I also remember that besides that. Part of excitement and you know the adventurous spirit and everything uh there there was a lot of challenges and concerns and anxiety that that I remember went through at that time as well so obviously like you know did you face any challenges while you know preparing to come to Canada or while you're adjusting to the life you have been? yeah
2: for sure I think everybody um we'll have challenges when we make a transition or move to somewhere. Um, when I moved to Canada and looking back seven years, in the past seven years, a lot of challenges that I, I think I overcome and I experienced some are uh, like, um, could be finance, could be mm. the time management, um, how can I get balance between studying, part term job, um, <clears throat> take care of myself, my health, and still have doing volunteer work and crew and have social interaction with my friends and other people. It's actually a big challenge when the play is new, uh, mm-hmm. the language is also another barrier and you have to balance all these things that you want in the normal life like before at a definitely tech time. Mm,
0: that's, that's
1: Yeah. Go ahead, Paul.
0: No, so I was wondering, because, um, you know, so for those who don't know, I've, my parents decided to immigrate here. So I didn't really have much of a choice. So I was only four or five years old. <laughs> um, and I grew up here and I didn't, I, you know, I, I faced the challenge of just learning one language, not not having to adapt to a new one. Um, but my parents were always there to to support me because they decided to move here uh, for their own, um Economic or you know social reasons to to come here, political reasons even to come here. So, what was your parents? Actually, there's a question for both of you. What were your parents' uh, opinion on this move? Were they pushing you guys to decide on moving out of the country? Were they surprised? Were they supportive? You know, how did your family play into this decision for both of you?
1: I'll let the you know beautiful lady go first.
2: Sure. Um, um we have actually in my family, we have my auntie and um, uncles that study abroad and immigrate to in another country. So the ideas of living in um, different countries is not new to the family. Um But at that time, I was pretty young and my mom one day just came up with the idea. Hey, do you want to go study abroad? I think, um, it's good for you, actually it's not new to me because when I was nine, actually mom brought it up uh, about like uh, go to somewhere to have a better education, so actually, I moved out of the house when I was nine, so I live in a different mm-hmm. city with my um, uncle and auntie. Um, actually, the idea of like better education, better life is not new, and uh, it's come natural, so I think, oh this is another opportunity and I would I try it because yeah when I was young and I'm super excited about everything I want to try a lot of things um so when my mom brought up the idea of studying abroad I'm like super happy <laughs> I'm like oh yeah I will try it and um even like the first idea like the first challenge that uh, the thought came up in me like oh how about English I was not that good at English um but then I'm super positive okay I'm like uh, maybe it would take like just one year for me to learn English and I will just speak English my, my native. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it actually fit <laughs> me. after yeah. one year live in Canada. <laughs> yeah. No, I didn't achieve that.
1: <laughs> well, I mean that's amazing to hear like moving out of your house at the age of nine. Man, that's you know, that's amazing, that's something. 'Cause like my parents they were strict when it comes to my academic achievement, my scores, my grades, and everything. Um, they also are, they also are a world shift in terms of, you know, like the time that I spent at home or inside the house. Like I remember like even until middle school, like I rarely went out with friends and everything. Most of the time I spent uh, were either at school or at home. So So that's why I was, I was very surprised when, you know, my parents were the one who pushed me to study abroad.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I was like, wait, wait a minute. Like I can't go like, you know, ten kilometers out of the house but now that you want me to move to the other side of the earth. Um, which uh which is kind of, you know, funny, surprising. I, I think having conversations with them, having talked to them, I think and I believe the the reason was that they strongly like they have confidence that the life here in canada would be way better for me compared to me now. like i i was i was a 17 18 year old boy right when when i knew about the opp- opportunities here in canada right i would feel like okay like should i go there with the attitude that i should get permanent residence um you know to have a solid life here in canada or should i just go learn take whatever i could and go back here you know, and help develop the nation you know develop mm-hmm. my country Vietnam, and also take care of my parents because I'm the only child, but mm-hmm. like my parents they they just strongly believe that you know go to Canada, stay there, right because yeah. like many other many a lot a lot of other Vietnamese families, they believe that um life abroad life in a developed country like Canada will be way better for you know uh generations like us so
0: yeah, no, I, I've, so I, I'm not that much older than you guys, but I'm, I'm quite, quite a bit <laughs> year older. Um, I, I remember I I didn't have a, a lot of Vietnamese friends, but I did know a lot of Vietnamese people who had come here and whose parents had a really hard uh, transition, you know, especially back in, you know, the seventies and eighties, right. Moving over, like I was born in 85. So, you know. Imagine someone who's from Vietnam who was born in 85, right? Or, you know, 1980s or 1970s, right? What did their parents and their parents go through uh, in, in Vietnam during uh, those years? And the reason and the drive to, to move to Canada uh, or, any, or, or the U.S. even. So I felt it a lot more. And then when, I'm, when I talk to you guys, you know, and a generation later, it's, it's a little bit different. The people that I grew up with or even older than me who come from Vietnam, they, they felt like their parents lived a very hard life. Right, very hard, crazy stories of trying to get out of Vietnam, you know, just through through all different means. Right, wasn't necessarily through a plane. Right, um, it was swimming to to come uh, to uh, to another country for, to survive. So there was very many different attitudes in the 90s um, around that. Um, but to see you guys kind of come here and get that support, you know, it's it's really nice to see um, how things have changed. Uh, even for my parents, they they moved here before hong kong was handed back to china so so you know it's it's, i think that's nick probably what your parents were like you'll have conversations with them maybe 10 years later about the real reasons i know i never had those conversations with my parents until much older in life and maybe when i was about thinking about starting a family they they told us about those those hard decisions they had to make they had to leave the family too my my grandmother is uh, 106 years old her birthday was just last week and so we were all in a zoom call and my mom is here and supporting me and I'm supporting her, but you know, her, her mother is, is still alive, but she's, you know, in, in another country and um, you know, it, it's, it's tough for, for her. So I can definitely see why parents, you know, have to make those tough calls and, and uh, True, yeah. it's a very, uh, it's a very human thing I guess to do to want what's best for your children, no matter what the sacrifice.
2: Yeah, this um yeah. remind me of some point in the past that when I was super tired and unmotivated, many times that I want to go back. Mm-hmm. Um, but mom's there and support me and kids saying that you can do that. Just maybe stay there better for you. Yeah, staying there. <laughs>
1: so honestly, like coming on that like, and also all the things that you talked before as well, like like you 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 came here, right? And then, you know, you were you were having difficulties a little bit initially with the language, right? There was new culture to adapt. You know, they have to manage a lot of things happening at the same time: study, work, volunteering, right? And even even now, I think your family are here. Their family is here. But then back in the day, you know, they weren't there, right? And so, what what gives you strength to really move forward?
2: Good question. What gives me strength,
1: yeah what what gave you strength in the past you know, like was it like yeah, your family was it was it just just because like if if you don't try hard, then you know
2: <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, I think motivation came from a lot of stories, you know, in case one doesn't make sense anymore, you have the others, yeah. <laughs> so motivation. I think the main thing has to come from within myself. When I have a motivation and plus other motivation from family and friends, uh, the future, the dreams, uh, I feel super motivated and move forward. But sometimes that when I feel down and feel like couldn't continue, whatever support or like um, motivation from other and outside, it doesn't really work. So I think the core, the, the most important has become within the person. Yeah. And when I realized that I pay more attention to take care of myself and find the motivation that really always that I can go back and nurture it and keep it growing.
0: So has there any been, I'm sorry, has, um, has there anything that maybe people locally have been able to help you guys with the most, you know, I think someone who, you know, even though I'm also immigrant from, from to Canada, you know, I think you guys, you guys, you know, you guys are very brave, very courageous to come here, um, for, for school at a much more older age without your parents. Like, um, has what has been kind of things that people locally have done to support you guys? Like, and you like to see more of, um, as as more immigrants come to Canada.
1: Well, if you want to you go first?
2: Yeah, I can go first. The local people. I think I really appreciate my one of my old landlords here. Mm. Um, they are a family immigrant from Hong Kong. And the landlord, the couple, the husband and wife, they are <clears throat> they were super nice to us. So they have like lower rent compared to market and um they really take care of us like when we have anything breakdown or like we see them in the backyard they always say hi and talk really uh, support me in like a little bit in finance and also like emotional um wellness I think um I think that's the most I get, and I really appreciate that yeah
1: well I think my if 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 I, if I tell my whole story, it take like hours, so I just got to keep it mm. short. Um, I don't know, like, locally, like, the people over here are really friendly. At least the one I met them, but they are really friendly, and they, they're really helpful and supportive, right? When I first came here, I stayed at a, a homestay, right? And the fascinating thing about this homestay was that there were multiple international students from different countries staying there. So I so I was friends with a Japanese, a Korean, two Turkish guys, a Brazilian, uh, and an Italian guy, right? And and usually um, a few weeks, a few nights per week, we would always stay outside in the backyard, gathering around the table, right? And you know, mm-hmm. um, chatting, drinking hot chocolate, stuff like that. It was really fun, right? I I for the, um I met this taxi driver, Pavis Shout out to you. He he was a lovely gentleman. Like when they heard about the stories of me being an inter- international student and you know I was moving out, I did not have any furniture and anything. Uh, he gave me a free TV, and then uh, a few months later he gave me a free sofa. Right, which which he helped drove to my house. Wow. to he helped drive to my house. And now even now my current landlord, right? At first he he was giving out his space for rent at a more average medium price. But then having heard that we are students and everything, he cut down price a little bit and maintained it until now. And we have this, we have this joke that usually, usually landlord would stay in the ground floor and then tenants would stay in the basement unit. But then when we first move in, we stay in the ground floor. He stayed in the basement unit. And now we took the whole house and then he lived in the van in the backyard. Uh, but if you think about it, like, he was really friendly. He helped us a lot. We have any questions at all, we can reach out to him. It's uh, been really helpful. I don't, I, think, I think I just, we're really, really, really lucky when it comes to receiving help from the locals and even the volunteer group from the crew as well. Everybody's been really um, amazing.
0: So, so pro tip: if you're moving to Canada, be find a really good landlord and get to know a taxi driver. That's
1: that's true. Very really good tip. It's that tip, guys. Um, no, that, that's that's
0: good. That's uh, you know, that's interesting stories. I don't think I would have known about either one of you, because um, you don't really get a chance to talk about it. Um, so how how about okay okay I know we I I mentioned that would would be a tip but what about things that you guys have done that really helped you out in terms of adjusting to life here in Canada?
2: Um, I think I guess I can learn from the past is connection. Um. Yeah. That's, so the story is when I uh, work at a um, small restaurant and one of my Customers really like my service, and he offered a job in a bigger position. And he told me that I can see your potential, and maybe how about you come over to work at my company, and you can have more room to grow. Um, I think it's it's like a magic. That's something that doesn't happen every day, but actually, uh, when you when I was nice and like, how to say um like get to know the people and actually this connection can can help me and also when i was in crew when i work more with rovers work more with scouters and i have this connection uh, getting bigger and bigger i have more opportunities to to learn to grow and help me
1: hmm. that's fascinating to hear i think i would add on to the building relationships and finding community things specifically for Vancouver, but I think it it applies to a lot of other places as well. Whenever you go, there will always be a community of your ethnicity, or at least people who you are familiar to, right? If if you find it really hard to adapt um, to the current living environment or the new culture, then you you can always go to people from same hometowns your same country as you are, or at least... Um, similar culture as yours and you know ask seek help from there which lead me to the second point when in doubt, don't assume ask just ask don't assume right if you need help then ask for help right in worst case they're busy they can't help you but uh, who knows it might save you time from looking like for resources it might save you time from making unnecessary mistakes right and also applying to the culture like you're not sure if you should do this, do that, should you test, should you not? Test? You know, should you drink or eat this certain way or not? Ask, right? Ask people who have been there. Don't don't just assume that this is the right way, but uh you you need to be able to like to get over that uh that defensive barrier, you know, and open up first and then people will open up to you. Uh, at least for my experience, that's the case.
0: Yeah, no, I, I think I think that's a very universal advice actually. Because if you go to someone's country, sometimes, especially if coming from a developed country, like I've, I've been to a few places, you know, with the group and, and, and kind of on my own travels, that you know, even though you think you come from developed country, and someone else is coming from a you know not so developed country like people are very proud of where they come from As people true. are very proud of, uh, their own nationality, uh, their own culture. So they're always willing to help others who are humble and, and want to receive that help. I remember when I was on a trip once and we were doing a service project, like we were helping a community service project, but we were from another country. The people we were helping at first didn't understand why we were there Maybe they didn't have a very good communication plan or something like that or very engaged with the people. But, you know, it took a few days for us to um, change our attitude by from us coming there to help them to us coming there for them to help us understand, help us do our project, help us um, provide development support for our people, right? Rather than us coming down there to, to help someone else, like I think people respond very well when other people, like you said, Nick, ask for help, because then you're really you're really saying, "Hey, Mister Taxi Driver, yeah. <laughs> right? um, you know, I, I need support, and, and and you're someone that I think could could help me, right?" So people, you know, people are very driven by by that. I, I find if if you're humble, not not everyone, but definitely, you know, advice for whether you're traveling or whether you're moving to a new place is to to ask because I think there are there are lots of people willing. But guys,
1: don't don't just go around and ask taxi drivers for TV, okay?
0: Yeah, that might be a dangerous thing for some people. <laughs>
1: yeah, that might be a dangerous thing, guys. <laughs> Switching gears a little bit now, like ever uh, since we started, you know, um, scouting gear and everything, I've come to discover that you are very interested or enthusiastic in the realm in the topic of emotional awareness and well-being and everything.
2: If I can go back to like find out the the original like hint for me to look at this, when maybe last year when I was just so overwhelmed and I feel like I never uh, learned time management. Mm-hmm. I always like have messy schedule can couldn't finish things on time, like was behind on a lot of things. And I was so struggling with this time management. And I think like it's such a hard skill to do. But then one day um, I read an article that um, talking about time management is not about manage the time, but about manage your emotion. And I actually make some observation uh, about myself when I have these like time management crisis. I actually um, put down what I feel and what I thought in this moment and look at my time, how I do today. And sometimes I realize that sometimes I actually have time, but I didn't do the thing. Or I procrastinate or I was unmotivated to do something. And I mm-hmm. start to realize, oh, actually it's a emotion problem. <laughs> it's not my time management skill stuff. It's, it's about my emotion. And I, oh, okay, then now I know the key thing here, then let's, work on my emotions well learners. and um, it's actually interesting that my friend recommended me a course it's called emotional intelligence um very basic level and it was a like two-month course so i registered and learned online and i realized that um we have so many emotions during the day and the months and the years if we don't pay attention to it it will um stuck at somewhere um, in my, in our psychology uh, or whatever, in our health. And it actually um, caused um, unhealthy behaviors or unhealthy um, thoughts that actually affect our behaviors, uh, affect our performance. And then I, it's actually really interesting that what I learned from that course and I continue to register for another course and, the next level is learning about beliefs and behaviors that we can um, find out after um, access um, emotion, the emotion, my everyday emotion. This one just like uh, fascinated me and um, I start to do journaling. And I start to have more observations about my behaviors, my emotions, my thoughts, and I know that a lot of things that under these regular emotions like tired, stressful, uh, I some defensive with some certain thing, um, sad about certain thing, um, yeah. Because sometimes I, I was so emotion with something and react to that, but other people doesn't see it that way. So, so for me, I have some certain belief about that, and when I. Look at my journal. Working with myself on these emotions and belief has actually helped me understand myself better, connect with myself, um, be aware of my behaviors, and I know where to improve. So I think this is very important, and I want to focus more on this. Mm. Yeah.
1: So, so I guess just trying to tie. uh, You know the two topics when we talk about immigration and emotional well-being together and everything. So like, um, you know, how has being in this crew, being in this organization, being in this volunteering and everything, help with you know your journey of you know, immigrant immigration and uh, overcoming your um, emotional concern and everything? Did it take more of your time? in the beginning but then it worked out in the long term like how did it work out for you
2: I think with a lot of experience during the past few years they are opportunities for me to actually learn about myself hmm. in certain situations how do I behave or how do I feel um, and like after the time I have materials to collect I have experience to look back and these are these challenges is actually good learning opportunities for everybody and including myself every time i suffer in something um that i learn it and later on i will go back to that and dig deep down into that experience to learn more about myself what I actually believe what make me happy uh, and how can I um, uh, tackle this in the future yeah
0: so maybe you can give us some examples I mean you know you've been volunteering for a long time now with our group and uh, now you're the you're the the president so this is the person with uh, I guess the most responsibility and the most pressure so has has that changed a lot this year for you in terms of volunteer experience and how is that you grow uh, or has it or has it just made you very tired
2: <laughs> I can share the, re- the most recent story so for me leadership is opportunity to grow to learn and grow and make like impact to the environment and the community in the past I had leadership experience, uh, experience when I was like in school and younger like before even I, I came to Canada sometimes it's not a like very successful or beautiful experience. And I, I kept that with me for a long time. I kept those emotions and those beliefs with me for a long time and make me afraid of taking leadership position. But when I told myself that I really need to work on this because uh, it used to be one of my passions and um, why why this passion make me suffer make me feel that um, I took a deeper step into it do more of it and for the first quarter when I after the first quarter I do a exercise on reflection okay I now I took leadership position and did I feel happy did I achieve what I want and when i reflect i didn't feel like exactly the happy feeling that i expected and this is the opportunity for me to um connect with myself and really um try to understand it's kind of packing myself that what i feel or what these come like uh what are these emotions come from um, what actually beliefs that I hold on to that actually suffer me um, I actually find out and I transform those beliefs just change it change my perspective change my belief and I feel happy again and I feel um, leadership is such a great opportunity to grow again but now I have a different feeling and I don't don't see it anymore and I just feel like so grateful for having the position that I can do more, learn more, and helping more people.
1: Yeah. So honestly, like that's you know, it's fascinating of things that you're sharing. You know, we've we've went through enough to finally be able to ask this question to you, right? What would be some questions that you would have for your future self?
2: Some questions that I will have for my future self my future self. Are you happy? Go it. Yeah. Look around and do you have what you want? Just look around and actually you have everything that you want.
1: You know, maybe we will record it and you know, put a reminder for Ozzy like five years, ten years later. Make sure you watch this part again. You
2: know. Okay. Okay, what's my question? The question will be, are you happy with where you are?
1: Thank you. Po, uh, any comments, Paul?
0: No, that's um, that's very uh, very insightful, and I think emotional growth is something that you know maybe coming from an Asian country, sometimes Asian background, like we don't talk a lot about emotions. Um, yeah. Right. You always
1: uh, have to like like it and you know endure yeah. it through life.
0: <laughs> yeah um so to to you know for you both to be aware of that and you know Ozzy for you to ask yourself a question like not you know are you making as much money as you want to or are you in the career that you want or you know a lot of these different things i think happiness is you know something that uh, philosophers have been challenging for many many centuries and millennia is like what does it mean to be happy and uh you know i i think we're not very honest with ourselves sometimes about that question. So for you to be able to ask yourself in the future that question, hopefully your future self gives you an honest answer. No, that's a great question, I think.
2: Yeah. Actually, if ha- like the word happy is too broad, I can narrow down. Um, because for me, being happy could be different, right? Um, maybe I can change the question a little bit. Um, are you being grateful for what you have? So actually have, being grateful is such a powerful feeling that helped me feel happy. Like, am I grateful for the food I have? Am I grateful for the people I have? Am I grateful for the job I have? Am I grateful for all of these materials, like the house, the laptop? The the food that I have, um. So like being grateful and feel that that we have everything that actually make me happy. Yeah.
0: I, hmm. Maybe this is that question for another day. But I'm just, yeah. I'm, just I'm, I'm curious like what what challenges do you see ahead of yourself? You know, as someone in their, in their mid twenties, you're starting your career. You're you're volunteer you're lead of this volunteer group. You have all the support. You know what what's next for you? You know, How will you know you're happy? How will you know you are grateful? Like, What are the things that you're looking at doing going forward?
2: I think the next place for me will look like where I can help more people to have this transformation that they can feel happier, more confident, more motivated. And the way to get that is to... Um... Hit that subscribe button. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: God.
0: Sorry, I had to say there. that again. <laughs>
2: yeah I say mm okay, so for okay my my next step, no my next place will look like um I can help more people that have this transition or transformation that they can feel happier, feel more confident, feel more motivated by um going back, connect with ourselves, really understand what we want, what we believe, and that we change our behaviors yeah
0: thank you, thanks you, Rasie.
1: So Ozzy, you know, thank you so much for taking the time to be here today and for those wonderful stories and wonderful um sharing that you have. Uh you know, we wish you best of luck, you know, on your journey to master your emotional awareness and well being.
2: Yeah, thank you, Nick and Paul, for having me today. It's really um great to share this experience that not everybody is a down and talk about this with me. Yeah.
0: Um,
2: yeah. And also, I wish the channel will be, have more content, have more interesting video in the future that the young people care about. And uh, it will make impact in all young people's lives. Uh, for sure. Thank you. Yeah.
1: That's what we're here for. Okay. Thank, thank you, you, guys. Thank you for listening. Goodbye.